Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy this story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. So I'm delighted to be speaking today to Rachel Garrett. Kia ora, Rachel, and thanks very much for joining me. Kia ora, Anna. It's so cool to be here. Lovely. Well, the first question, Rachel, that I'd love to ask you is to take you back to maybe when you were a child or a teenager and you were thinking about what you might do with your future. You know, what kind of careers were you thinking about at that stage? Uh, well, I spent most of my childhood with people telling me that I would be a great teacher. Uh, I think that's probably common for a lot of women leaders. But yeah, so that was what I was thinking of doing most of the way through my childhood. And then what changed? Because that didn't end up being the path that you followed, but I think it was perhaps the early part of your education that then you followed? Yeah. So I went to uni and I was at the end of my first year, I was planning to be an educational psychologist. And then I had an opportunity to go to Australia to work for the summer holidays or what I thought would be the summer holidays. And that turned into an opportunity to be in a leadership role at 19 and leading a huge, large team overnight. And yeah, and then I came back and finished my uni, but yeah, was on a totally different path then. How interesting. And it's funny, isn't it? Just those little twists in the road sometimes can make quite a difference to your career. So you ended up then, I guess, more in the world of business rather than in teaching or rather than in education. But if you even think about that first job, perhaps, as you said, when you were over in Australia, or if there might be any other first sort of early jobs that you had, what did you learn from some of those? Well, in that experience, I I got that job through, I was actually speaking to we're in a, it was a hyper growth company and I was speaking to the state manager and I gave her a few of my ideas. And then when they were looking for team leads, she said, oh, what about that Kiwi girl? Maybe she'd be good kind of thing. So I learned from that. And obviously I had that gave me the break. And then I had to turn that break into work hard and turn that into a win. But I learned from that the power of networking, that people want you to succeed and that you have to turn luck into a break through hard work. And also I think that most development happens within your role. So you get the break and then it's up to you to really push forward and develop yourself, get outside your comfort zone and feel uncomfortable so you're developing. And that's what I did mm. kind of early on. That's great. And I think, how did you put it? To turn luck into a break, it takes hard work. I think it's a really nice phrase. It's so true. And definitely the power of networking. And I think as as women, we sometimes underestimate our skills in that, but we are also good networkers. And so tell me then about the first few years of your career there. What were some of the highlights, but also some of the challenges along the way? Well, I've had incredible mentors and bosses over the years who've sponsored me and also challenged me. My first job out of uni, I was an HR analyst for leadership development team at New Zealand Post. 
And the challenge in that role was that I'd had quite a lot of autonomy in this first kind of role and then gone on and studied at uni and combined the two and was ready for exciting, interesting work for actually what they really needed from me was administration primarily. <laughs> it was really heavy admin. And I was pretty frustrated because I wanted to and do the cool work. And I had this really great boss who challenged me and said, hey, this is what we've employed you for. This work needs to be done. If you want to do this other work, then you need to find a way to make this work disappear. And so I worked really hard to automate a lot of my role and create space. And so I managed to create some space through doing that. I literally made friends with the IT department. I sent them chocolate bars in the internal mail. They used to have this trolley of internal mails. This is really an aging me story that went through New Zealand Post and used to send them chocolate. I kind of made it happen and then actually truly did create at least a third of my time with space. And with that space... I made my next opportunity happen. What a wonderful story. And don't worry, I remember the trolleys with the internal bail <laughs> too. So I'm with you on that one. But but first of all, what a great story in terms of a manager who challenged you to say, right, find a solution to your problem rather than just saying, look, that's the way it is. Sorry about that. But also that you did take that initiative and you found a way to simplify, to improve, to automate, to give you the space to grow and develop. That's a super story. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I often use that one with my team. Yeah, really nice one. And then tell me then a little bit about the path to to what's led you to your role today at Shopify. Yeah, over the last kind of 20-ish years, I've worked in kind of swinging between large, big teams. And I would describe myself as a leadership specialist where I work in many different industries across New Zealand, pretty much name it, and I've been in there. But what I really bring to the table is leadership. And so I've done that in lots of different companies. And probably the most recently, I worked at TradeMe as the head of customer support for many years. And then I decided to take some time off. I took a real risk. I decided to take some time off with my daughter before she went to preschool and left TradeMe and had a beautiful summer. And then the six months, uh, it's over six months. And then my the day that I decided that I wanted to go back to work, trade me rang and said, oh, we hope you don't mind, but we've had the people in from Shopify and we recommended that you'd be uh, a great person to head up their New Zealand business. Yeah. And so I've been at Shopify for the last few years. What a great example, I think, of uh, if you build your relationships and do a good job, then that is you know, going to only learn, lead to other good things coming your way because other people will recommend you. But I find it also interesting that at the time you kind of felt it was a real career risk to take a little bit of time out. Yes, yes. And I really could have enjoyed that six months a lot more if I knew that phone call was going to happen <laughs> at the end of it. I felt like I'd left the best job in New Zealand for me and really loved my time at Trade Me. So it did really feel like a risk. I thought, what is the water's going to come along that's going to be better than that? And so, yeah, it was a risk, but also, yeah, it was the right thing for me and my family at that time. So you've just got to do it and expect that good things will come. 
And I think it's, for me, over the course of a, who knows, 40, 50-year career, like six months out is no big deal at all. And But I think sometimes people are reluctant to take that a period of time, whether it is maybe for caring for kids or looking after elderly parents or for relocation. Often there's that nervousness of what will that look like on my CV? But actually, as you say, it worked out really nicely for you. And you worked for quite a long time in that customer space with TradeMe. What was it about that, that customer area that you really loved? Oh, I I think that my big passion is working for people and that is both our team who and also for customers, both Trade Me and also Shopify, the connection there is that you're actually supporting people to have livelihoods and create independence. And so, yeah, it's a really amazing place to be in for sure. Actually, on the weekend, I was at the Martinborough Fair and met um, this lovely couple who were selling microgreens. And they, my mum happened to be wearing the Shopify tracksuit. <laughs> so we started talking about um, we started to be talk, talking about Shopify and it's basically changing people's lives that they can set up and grow a business and be working. They lived in Nelson, be working kind of somewhere where it's not a big hub city, but be following their dreams. So that's what I really love. Mm, wonderful, and I can imagine it must have been a fascinating time over the course of 2020, as so many businesses were looking to bring on e-commerce into their offering. It must have been a fascinating time to to be leading the business here in New Zealand. Oh, absolutely, yes, it was. I mean, like we were the same as everyone. We wondered how it was going to go initially, but the challenge of 2020 was getting businesses online, and we were felt so lucky to be playing a part in that role here in New Zealand and all around the world. I, I lead global teams. It's, it was all around the world. We were helping businesses get online and yeah, was amazing thing to be part of. Yeah, I can imagine. And you talked, Rachel, there about leadership almost being your specialty that you've grown and developed over time. But how have you developed yourself as a leader? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> you yeah. yeah, well, actually a lot of the things that I have learned have really been self-taught. I really um, think that most of your development happens on the job. So we often think about development outside of the job and that's important too. But actually taking on a job and thinking about what are the challenges of that job and then problem solving. So I used to, early on in my career, I used to go to borders and I couldn't afford to buy the books. So I would just sit in the uh, aisles and read the books and note things down and go and try those things with my team. And I don't really do anything too different from that now. I, I have a wider network. Obviously, we don't need to can afford books, but also can afford to use the internet. I have great development programs I can tap into and things these days. But the same is sort of still true. I just problem solve things, work out something hasn't big experimentation philosophy. If something doesn't work quite well, try something new next time. And just over time, I've built up a tool belt of tools that I can, and I now lead leaders of leads and can support them to try out things and share some of my experience. The way you talk about it is a, a tool belt, but I also like the fact you talked about experimentation because I think that is the key thing. It's all very well to read something in a book or have a conversation with somebody or get some advice, 
But actually the learning comes when you try it out, when you experiment and you see how it goes and sometimes things will work well and sometimes not so well. Totally. But through all of that, you'll learn actually, well, which, which works for the people I'm working with and which also fits with me as a person. Completely. And if you look back at your, your career to date, no career is perfect and smooth sailing. There will always be those difficult moments. What have been some of your toughest career challenges along the way? Yeah, I think the thing that has been most difficult for me is being asked to do things that weren't possible while holding on to my values. And like I think of times I worked for a large organization and was asked to take 20% off the budget over the next three months with no automation, no real levers to pull and increased in work volume. And really like at times... The only way to do those kind of things is to make people cry sometimes. <laughs> um, and that's just not how who I want to be. So when there's times like that where the ask is just not in congruence with your values, those have been the toughest uh, challenges for me, for sure. Sounds really tough. And how did you cope? How did you work your way through that situation? Well, I guess you just do the best with what you know at the time. So that's something that I hold on to is quite important for me and also know your boundaries and seek perspective. And I also have a lot of great people that I know who are wiser than me, who I can tap into for seek advice as well. So yeah, that's my thoughts. Those things (laughs) helped you along the way. And that kind of do your best with what you know at the time is a good kind of pragmatic approach, I guess, to the situation. I think it's been great to see over time the sort of the shift in what a good leader looks like and that some of the maybe more typical feminine qualities, I say um, feminine kind of loosely, but have been more embraced, whether it's collaboration or empathy, those kind of things have over time been recognised as as kind of core part of leadership skills. I was wondering, the title for this podcast is The Female Career. Have there been any particular challenges, obstacles, barriers that you felt as a woman along the way? Yeah, well, I was brought up in the 80s with those great posters, girls can do everything. And so I've always believed that's true, but I think we should add since then, but maybe not all at once. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like you, I think over time we have really the opportunity, I guess, of the last 20 years has been for us to really get clear on the definition of what is best because we talk about the best person for the role. And I think everyone agrees that every role should have the best person for the role. And yeah, I think that we are continually defining what best is and have done a really good job of defining best in gender neutral terms. And I think we've still got some work to do there, but we are, you know, we are light years ahead of where we were. And I think that we now need to really focus in on defining best in ways where different ethnicities and cultures can really be involved like more and more so as well. I think that's the next place that we really need to go so that everyone can bring their best selves to the table. And then I think also the other flip side of that is when you do have a diverse table, then is this system and environment that you've set up really welcoming and inclusive and does it let that diversity shine? And I think we're, it's just amazing how far we have come in the time that I've been working. And I still think we have some places where we still have a bit of bias in there and that we can do better. I think we do. But I think you're right in terms of having, it's all very well to get the 
best person into a role. But if that environment is not, as you say, welcoming, inclusive, where their views are valued, then that's not necessarily going to work either. You're not going to get the best out of that best person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think there's still challenge there and there's still opportunity, and but there's also a lot to celebrate. Absolutely. I think if you look, except from when we maybe were growing up or, gosh, even 50 years ago, that the opportunities that women have now is light years ahead. At the same time, there's absolutely still more work to be done, I think, in terms of representation, particularly at the leadership level in the private sector in New Zealand. So, you know, great to see people like you in those kind of roles that, that people hopefully can be a role model and that people can look up to. You've got a big role, a busy role. And as you say, with that global element, I can imagine there might be some early morning, late night phone calls as well. How do you maintain um, balance between your working life and your broader life? Working remotely has been huge for me. I uh, literally can walk to my office in 30 seconds and I can pop upstairs. And yes, as you say, I often start work at six o'clock in the morning, but then I can pop upstairs and get my daughter ready for school and say goodbye to her. And so that has been huge. The ability to be able to work in that way has meant that I could focus on work and home and not things that add no real value like commuting. That has been amazing. And I also have a husband who is a true partner. He also has a big job. He's the CEO, but we share the load. And I've got a great network around me. My parents are really hugely supportive too. So I definitely don't pretend that I do things on my own. Yeah, I think it's a great lesson, isn't it? I think many, many of us try at times. I know I do sometimes to be a bit of a superwoman, but actually that's not necessarily helpful for yourself or others around you. And if you share the load, as you say, with partners, with parents or with others around, that can make a big difference too. Yeah, super. Yeah. And I also think I've worked quite hard to get that right in my mind. So I actually want that for my daughter. So I want to show her that as well. I want her to see, oh yeah, okay, cool, that, that my parents were truly equals so that she seeks that out in her relationships. And a very personal role model as mm. well. And we talked a little bit about maybe some of the tougher times or some of the more challenging moments. You know, as you look back at your career, what have been some of the proudest career moments that you've had? Yeah, the proudest career moments for me have really been where I've been able to use my skills and influence to give others a hand up. Just before I left Trade Me, I got the universal living wage across the line. Some things like that, I really, some work I've done in diversity, I've really loved those things. On a personal note, I've recently been recognized for the role that I'm playing representing APAC at Shopify. And it feels really good to know that the skills that I've learned here in New Zealand kind of cut it on the international stage. That has been great. But yeah, for me, I mean, as I've led a lot of people over the years, the little moments of proudness kind of come like I'm scrolling through LinkedIn and seeing like, whoa, they used to work for me and now hopefully they'll employ me. Like they're doing so well. It's great. Those things are really cool. Yeah, really cool. And I think those stick with you, don't they, in terms of actually they're, they're much more personal and you can really see the impact that you may have had on that person too, which is lovely to see. But that living wage one equally is is also demonstrating how you can have a more systemic change too that can positively influence the lives of others. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of my career has been more on the personal side. And as I've become more senior, I'm thinking more systematic and looking for ways to yeah, have a lasting impact there. Yeah, absolutely. And 
if you look back at your career now, is there anything that you might do differently? Broadly, no. I think something I've taken a long time to learn, I wish that I had paid more attention to my values earlier in my career. Like I've always lived with my values, but I probably didn't take the time to define them and really work out what they were and what it is and what it's not. And I wish I'd done that earlier. I think that is a really good anchor. And I also wish that I had taken more time for perspective. I'm a pretty bit of a driver and I'll drive hard to get results and I'll work hard. And what I've found over the last few years is taking time away and finding perspective is probably just as important as that drive. So yeah, that's a newfound skill for me in the last couple of years. And I think it is, I'm sure probably also as you grow and develop as a leader, that perspective becomes even more important because you need to look at that kind of more helicopter view, which which is, is really interesting for me and versus actually kind of really pushing maybe for results or to achieve certain milestones. Mm. And the values piece is, is a really interesting one. I like the way you talk about it as an anchor. And may I ask, what are your values? Um, so, yeah, first one is authenticity. I want to be a first-rate myself, not a second rate somebody else. And so I think about that a lot. And especially talking about the female career, especially over the last 20 years, I've often started out kind of emulating other people and then I've really found my own voice over the last 10 years. Family is really important to me. And yeah, thinking about like for us, it's not being there all the time, but it's being there in in the special times. And so, yeah, defining that, what that is and what that isn't. Integrity is really important to me. And I act with integrity and I surround myself with people who act with integrity as well in organizations that I feel proud to be part of. And also the last two, a, a betterment, I love working to improve things, my life, my the people around me's lives, my workplace. I get a lot of satisfaction about actually trying to make things better in our world and also fun. <laughs> I like to laugh. I like to have a joke and I like to work with great people. And how fantastic for me to hear how clear you were on those and how solid they are for you. How did you go about figuring out what your values were? Yeah, I mean, I think over a period of time, but also I would say you have to actually give space to it. So I worked with a coach and had some great questions and challenge as I kind of worked through it. But I also just sat down and figured it out and yeah, just played around with it until I felt kind of confident and I'm also always refining them. So there's a couple in there that weren't in there at the start and I've realised that they're important over time. And I think that you're almost giving yourself that space to explore and to see what might be in there for you is, is a great piece of advice. Super. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, is that when you have that, if something's happening and it's not feeling right, you can go back to the values and you can say, which thing is conflicting with this? And then you can make a change. And yeah, I think it's been very valuable for me. And I often talk about that with people where you really know what your values are if you kind of get that kind of horrible feeling in your stomach because something's happened or something's about to happen that's conflicting with them. That's almost the kind of the test to know, okay, those are my values because I've got that almost kind of physical feeling that something's not quite right. It's not sitting well with me. 
And where do you see your career now heading in the future, Rachel? Um, Cheryl Sandberg said, if you find yourself on a rocket ship, don't ask which seat. And I am currently working for the fastest growing commerce company in the world. And so I don't know (laughs) exactly where. I think I'm really enjoying taking on new teams from different parts of the world I'm learning about different cultures, I'm learning new skills, I'm working with some of the best people in the world and doing it all from my home in New Zealand, which is amazing. So yeah, I want to keep doing that for a while and just see where it takes me. Yeah. And I think a great example actually of how amazingly connected the world is now that you can do a role on a global stage still from good old New Zealand. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's totally amazing. And also really something that I think we as New Zealanders can really lean into is that, and we've had an experience with COVID working from home and some places have found that, some people in places have done that really well. And we like at Shopify, we were always working from home. It's a remote first culture, or we say digital by design. And you can build connections so well. I feel so connected to my colleagues in Canada and Ireland and it's just so possible. So yeah, we only limit ourselves by saying we need to be in person. It's just Mm. truly not my experience. And I think it presents actually opportunities for New Zealand on a global stage to be more connected with other, particularly from a business perspective, because maybe traditionally people may have looked at the New Zealand market, whereas now they very much can look at it a global market because it's very possible, as you say, to build connections with people around the world without having to jump on a plane. Definitely. Yeah, that's so true. And one last question, Rachel, I'd love to ask, what career advice do you have for other women? Both my parents were very successful entrepreneurs in different fields. And when my dad retired, a few things went down. A few people kind of chose to shaft him a little. And I was talking to him about that. And and he said, ultimately, I know who I am when I'm sitting in my rocking chair. That is his goal. Like, And looking back on your career, you want to be proud of who you were. Uh, so... I've thought a lot about that. That's been something that's always, that was at the start of my career, he was telling me that. And I've thought about that a lot. So I think the three pieces of advice that I would give would be work out what you stand for, what your values are, and base your decisions on those things every day. And another thing someone else taught me, which um, was that there's a situation plus your reaction that equals the outcome. So I always focus on my reactions to things and making sure that I'm really proud of those. And the other thing is, yeah, I think we already talked about it, just driving hard to achieve, but seeking perspective frequently and often. Great advice. And I think that situation your situation plus reaction equals the outcome. I think particularly with the pace of change, obviously it's so fast and so many things are pretty volatile in the world that we are presented with all sorts of challenging situations all the time and remembering within that actually what can you control, you can control your reaction at the end of the day. So so trying to keep that in mind as yeah. well. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Rachel, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you today and for you to share a bit of your career journey and some wonderful leadership lessons as well along the way. So thanks so much for sharing that with me. No problem. It's such a pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, 
Google or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support, and I look forward to you joining us again soon.